0: From the depths of our nightmares to the haunting of the witching hour.
1: We present to you Crazy Hexy Ghoul. I'm Kelly. And I'm Marlo. So come and join us as we obsess over ghosties and shit.
0: Did you just say ghosties and shit?
1: Hell yeah, I did.
0: You guys, shit's about to get real.
1: Happy Halloween, ghosties! I am your host, Arlo, and Kelly isn't able to make it today on the count of her abduction. Around 3.30am on October 31st, 2022, an alien spacecraft flew over Kelly's house, beamed her up, and then swiftly zoomed off. (laughs) Nah, I'm only kidding. That spoopy ghoul is out sick. Poor thing. We'll be sending her some get soon's, and we'll ask the local hawks to pray for her. Just want to give a shout out to our Patreons. We've got two. Yes, we have two. Two's better than none. Two's better than one. Thank you so much. We want to give a shout out to Ducky and to Becky. Thank you guys so much for contributing to our podcast. Getting the content out to you has not always been easy. We are beyond grateful that you guys have contributed. Thank you so much, and we hope to many more months with you. I assume that anyone listening to this podcast is probably obsessed with Halloween like Kelly and I are. Something fun and interesting. The top 10 candies in America, according to CandyStore.com, that are popping in 2022 are Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. (laughs) Duh. Absolutely yes. We still waiting on that sponsor from Reese's. Snickers. Sour Patch Kids. Hershey's Kisses. Hot Tamales. Hot Tamales made it in the top 10. Good for you. So, I think the candy that came in last this year was candy corn. Okay, now I know people don't like candy corn, but don't at me. I actually really like candy corn. They also make candy pumpkins with the green little hats on top. How can you not like a candy that is so cute? Meanwhile, black licorice is just out there being awful and evil to everybody. What about that? We hope everyone has a fun and safe Halloween, but please beware. For tonight, the veil to the spirit world is thin. And don't steal candy from kids, because you never know who's watching, just waiting for revenge. Now, let's get into the show. This episode was previously recorded with Kelly, so I promise you, I'm not doing an episode with a ghost, although that would be really cool um but then that would mean kelly died and that's not cool but like we could do like a time machine thing Ooh, this just got really sci-fi today we're gonna talk about murder that has happened on halloween i did mine on ronald clark o'brien do you know who that is have you ever heard this story
0: his name sounds a little familiar yeah but i don't remember so i would love to hear it
1: okay well i'm gonna tell you the story So this story, it takes place in 1974. That's where it first starts. And around 7 p.m. on Halloween night in Pasadena, Texas, Ronald O'Brien took his eight-year-old son, Timothy, Timothy's five-year-old sister, Elizabeth, and a couple of their friends out trick-or-treating in a Pasadena subdivision not far from their home in Deer Park. And they only went to a few streets because apparently it was like drizzling and raining that night. Mm -hmm. So they didn't want to stay out too late. Upon returning to their home around 8 p.m., Timothy and his sister ate some of their candy that they collected. Timothy grabbed a pixie stick and ate it. He complained that it had a bitter taste to it, but his dad told him that everything was okay and he gave him a giant glass of Kool-Aid to kind of wash it down. And then shortly after, Timothy went to bed. Approximately an hour later, Timothy became severely ill. His grandmother later recounted to the police that she'd witnessed him vomiting, convulsing, and then losing consciousness. Timothy was then rushed to a local hospital where he died along the way. Which is sad as fuck. A healthy eight year old kid should not Just be dying. Out of the blue yeah, too. out of the blue. Out of nowhere.
0: Holy shit.
1: The Harris County Medical Examiner conducted an autopsy to determine if the candy that he ate had anything to do with his death. The pathologist who conducted the test said there was enough cyanide in the pixie stick to kill two adults.
0: Holy shit.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, 22 millimeter. It was like the jumbo size Pixie sticks. Mm -hmm. Four of the five Pixie sticks O'Brien claimed to have received were recovered by authorities from the other children, none of whom had consumed the candy. The parents of the fifth child became hysterical when they could not locate the candy after being notified by the police. The parents rushed upstairs to find their son asleep, holding the unconsumed candy. The boy had been unable to open the staples that sealed the wrapper shut.
0: Holy shit.
1: Yeah. And he had it in bed with him. If any other parents out there know what it's like when kids get something they're obsessed with, they go to sleep with it. So it's not out of the ordinary that a child would go to sleep with this gigantic Pixie stick piece of candy. He's in love with it. Right. Exactly. He's a kid. My daughter will literally go to bed with drawings that she's drawn. Yeah. Like books. She'll go to sleep with books. Yeah. So it's not out of the realm of possibility of the like child.
0: Stuffed animals is like one yeah. of the most common things. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. To. Or their blankets mm-hmm. that they're like
1: really obsessed yeah. with. Or- anything. Yeah. yeah Just absolutely. like everything and anything will go to bed with them. Now the police are on the hunt to find the person who would do this to an eight-year-old boy. At the time, O'Brien wasn't considered a suspect. He was cooperating with police and he was answering their questions. The investigators asked O'Brien if he could recall which house he thought Timothy was possibly given the pixie sticks. He then led police to a house on Done Rail Drive. And the only issue with this, though, is that the homeowner was at work until 11 p.m. on Halloween night. Oh my so God. he just made it up. It's very obvious that he lied to police and he just took him on a wild goose chase to find this house.
0: Thank God for that alibi. Because yes. that person would have been the prime suspect.
1: Yep. Holy and th- I think shit. that's what he was trying to do. I think yeah. he was trying to pin it on somebody else. Yeah. I digress. That's when police realized that they couldn't possibly trace the poison pixie stick past O'Brien. He then became their number one suspect. Like, thank yes. God. Yes. I mean, it was going to come out anyway. Right. Just straight up after investigating. I'll, I'll get to that point. But like, it was going to come out. Like who the fuck did he think he was was kidding? His
0: own kid. That
1: his own child. But motive becomes more clear later in the story. Hold on, hold tight. Okay, Okay. police asked O'Brien to submit to a polygraph test. And he agreed. O'Brien failed the polygraph test. And shortly after, police discovered that he had recently taken out a life insurance policy out on Timothy for $10,000, which in the 1970s, $10,000 was about $600,000. Holy shit. Yeah. Upon further investigation, police learned that he was also in debt of about $100,000.
0: Like actually a hundred thousand dollars, or like a hundred thousand dollars now?
1: A hundred thousand dollars then—that's oh, okay. a lot of money to be in debt. Yeah,
0: and he, a only, lot. but he only took a life insurance policy out for ten thousand.
1: Well, let's get let's move on in the story. Okay, sorry, <laughs> it's okay. Then on November fifth, nineteen seventy four, police charged O'Brien with capital murder of his son and four attempted murder on the other kids. His bond was set for a hundred thousand dollars. At the time of his arrest, he was suspected of theft at his job as an optician and was about to be fired. His car was repossessed. He defaulted on many bank loans and they foreclosed on the family house. Jesus. There's motive right there. Yeah straight up like how did he think his plan was gonna work trying to pin it on that person who was clearly at work like did not even answer the door like like very obviously not gonna pen it on this guy like doesn't matter how you twist and turn dude it's not gonna work right so you you shot yourself in the foot you lost it there what a dummy what a doesn't even know how to commit murder i should not say that because his ghost will probably come to me tonight like out my house like i heard you talking shit about me did you say his <laughs> ghost yes he did. oh you don't know oh my god i'm so sorry okay wow spoiler, spoiler alert. alert girl he killed his eight-year-old son in the 1950s do you think he's alive no i don't <laughs> okay so he's about to be fired from his gerb his jerby Residents in the area started a fund and raised over $1,800 when his arrest was announced.
0: Holy shit! <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love your enthusiasm. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Neighbors just couldn't really believe that O'Brien could commit such a crime. He was an avid church going man. And people didn't think he was capable of doing something like that. While on the other hand, there were some neighbors who thought that it might be possible because he was very protective of his son and wouldn't let him do certain things that like normal eight year old boys would do, you know, kind of strict with like secular stuff, you know, like.
0: Was he like to the point of abuse
1: now, they never say that. It never I mean, goes into that. But I'm feeling like, yes, that might be a possibility for sure.
0: I mean, obviously, he wasn't in his right mind and he mm-hmm. murdered his child. Yeah, no. So, I don't think possible abuse is out of that realm. And right. we'll never know. because We'll never know. the only person that could have told us was his son. Right. That's sad.
1: Police discovered that on the morning after Timothy's death, he called the insurance company to collect the policies he had taken out on his son. I say policies because he took out not one, but two policies out on both of his children. Okay, so let me backtrack. I didn't say this at the beginning because this was more about Timothy and respecting him as a victim. Yeah. His sister, also a victim because she lost her brother. But ultimately, she decided not to pick the pixie stick. Yeah. She didn't want any candy. The intention was to kill both of them. Holy shit. Right? Okay. So... Initially, it was ten thousand on both the kids, like I told you before. Then another policy for twenty thousand dollars, equaling sixty thousand total. In twenty twenty-two, it is roughly about thirty-six hundred dollars. Oh wow! So it's about literally half of what he owed previously. Yeah. Wait, I thought three hundred and sixty thousand yeah, okay, dollars. There we go! <laughs> Yay! That's what I thought you meant. I'm so sorry. I was trying to get there. If that isn't convincing enough that he did it. Police also discovered that he visited a chemical supply store inquiring about the cyanide a few days before Halloween. Hello! How much more evidence do they need? This just seems like hook, line, sinker. Mm
0: -hmm. Was, um, you you might not know, but... Like, was he married at the time?
1: Like, he was. He, um, he did have a wife. She wasn't, like, because I went and looked at the actual, new like, newspaper articles that mm-hmm. were written about about the case, and there wasn't a lot of talk about her. I, I don't know if media just pushed her aside, because they weren't she didn't on good terms. Of, no. Like, she, she lived there, but the marriage was so rough and broken that they weren't, Like, he, she was involved, I think, but she didn't live there or something like that. Like, they really pushed, the media really pushed her out of this scenario, because it was more of the dad and the son.
0: That makes a lot of sense, because at least he was financially abusive with all the debt he had Mm -hmm. acquired.
1: Yes, but later in the story, she does testify against him in his trial, and I'll get to that.
0: Okay, I'm ready for it. Okay.
1: So he didn't actually purchase any cyanide that day at the supply store because they wanted him to buy over five pounds and he didn't need five pounds of cyanide. He didn't even need any of the cyanide, had to attain it somehow. During an interview with the media, just a few days before his arrest, O'Brien gave a teary recall of holding his son in his arms as he became ill. He claimed to not know that his son was poisoned until the police told him. Which is bullshit, because he did it, motherfucker.
0: Yeah. What a fucking liar. What a
1: piece of shit, right? Yeah. His friends and coworkers testified that in the months leading up to the murder, he showed an unusual interest in cyanide and spoke about how much it would take to kill a person. Jesus. His wife testified that he forced Timothy to eat the pixie sticks that night, but claims that she was unaware of the poison that O'Brien had put in the candy, and it's quite possible she didn't know. Yeah. I mean, she might have had a clue something might have been off, but I don't know, because she seemed to distance herself from everything except for this.
0: Obviously, something was wrong with their marriage, and she realized something was very wrong, and she distanced herself. Yeah. So I don't think, it doesn't sound like she'd be the type of person Mm -hmm. not to protect her children.
1: Yeah. Through the trial, the media and the press gave O'Brien the name The Candyman. On June 3rd, the jury took 46 minutes to find him guilty and 71 minutes to sentence him to death by electrocution. In the state of Texas, men who were on death row were moved to the O.B. Ellis unit in Huntsville where they lived up until their execution. So they weren't in like gen pop, they weren't. Which I think that's pretty common. According to Reverend Pickett, O'Brien was shunned and despised by his fellow death row inmates for killing a child his child. The inmates reportedly petitioned to hold an organized demonstration on O'Brien's execution date to express their deep hatred for him. On august eighth of nineteen eighty, O'Brien's attorneys successfully petitioned for a stay of execution. But just in case you don't know what a stay of execution is, it's when a court order temporarily suspends a court judgment. Basically it's not a pardon, it's just a halt in the execution allowing the to prove the defendant not guilty to like have another trial yeah. to, to be you know a yes for a retrial yeah any kind of negligence right. in the prosecution lethal
0: injection yeah. is horrible do yeah. you know how that especially works? Like, like oh they yeah don't have medical doctors can't be a part of the execution process which is insane yeah which because they have don't
1: they have nurses right
0: mm-hmm they um son of a bitch yeah because they have to take um that uh that oath to do no harm
1: oh my god you're right
0: yeah so they can't kill anyone or help kill anyone
1: right cuz that would be against their they're one n- of their ethic ethical codes
0: yes Shit. and um they can they can get sued for that um so no doctor will touch it with a 10-foot pole Yeah. so people who have no clue what they're doing put a, these all these cocktails of Medications together to kill someone. So basically, you're paralyzed, you're aware of it, and you feel it in your veins as you're
1: dying. Yeah. No. Yeah. Which, no, no. That, I mean, oh my God, I don't want to get into the debate of like, do you believe in, you know, do you believe in the death penalty or not? Yeah. Because we could talk about that forever. We could. Uh, And I've been on both sides of.
0: But that is a terrible way to die. Like, I would hate to like in a choice between the two Mm -hmm. i would choose life in jail or just like i don't know firing squad i ever hopefully i never do anything that would warrant that
1: how could you even think about doing something like that just the the thought of doing it makes you feel guilty as fuck
0: yeah exactly yeah
1: okay moving along a third execution was scheduled for october 31st 1982 which would have been the eighth anniversary of the crime But the Supreme Court delayed the execution again, allowing O'Brien to try to seek a new trial. Like I said, for the previous reason, same thing. A fourth date was scheduled for March 31st, 1984. O'Brien's lawyer sought a fourth stay on the basis that lethal injection was a cruel and unusual punishment. O'Brien would have been the first person to ever die from lethal injection because Because I don't know if you remember earlier in the story, it said he died from uh, the electric chair. But he didn't. He actually died from lethal injection. But because he got a stay on his October 31st execution date, he then became the third person to ever die by lethal injection in the state of Texas. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. On March 28th, a federal judge rejected the request. So just a few days later, on March 31st, 1984... Shortly after midnight, O'Brien was executed by lethal injection at the Huntsville unit. During the execution, a crowd of 300 demonstrators gathered outside the prison cheered while some yelled, Trick or treat. Others showered anti death penalty demonstrators with candy. So could you imagine being like, Trick or treat? You know, like, what the shit? Okay.
0: Sorry to interrupt you, but it reminds <laughs> me of like all the stories of these massive crowds gathering mm-hmm. in like the Victorian era or Middle Evil, yes, period yes. of people just watching these mm-hmm. um, executions, yeah, and
1: like super hyping it up.
0: I feel like it's very perverse taking yeah. pleasure in
1: watching someone die. Right. See, so, you now that's the part of me who doesn't believe in the death penalty. Then there's the part of me who does believe the death penalty. That's like now this family has justice. This, this little girl, Elizabeth, his sister, is still alive to this day. Yeah. Now it's justice for her, for her mother, because her mother actually remarried, and she moved on with her life, yeah. and her new, her new husband adopted Elizabeth, and she went on to have a normal life mm-hmm. um, outside of what her father had done to her brother. Like, that's scary. They were only yeah. a few years apart. Yeah. And could you imagine survivor's guilt? Just, like, literally, you could have eaten that pixie stick, too. N- knowing, and died
0: yeah mm-hmm. thinking you could have probably done something which yeah. she couldn't a- she couldn't have not at all Mm-mm. that wasn't her fault
1: that your own flesh and blood would do yeah. that to you the betrayal yeah. alone
0: i can't imagine
1: so we talked about earlier about how we didn't really want to glorify these murderers but i do have his last meal and his last words if you're interested in hearing them do you want me to tell them?
0: Um, that is up to you.
1: Well, I want to tell them, and I want to let you guys know that O'Brien was a human being, but he did something heinous, and he took the life of his own son. So, therefore, I don't want to say this glorifying him in any way, shape, or form. Um, like, he doesn't so matter I, a fucking bit. No, he doesn't matter. So, his last meal is irrelevant. I don't need to tell you that. But I will tell you one thing about his last meal. You know, my partner and I were talking about it because I I read this story to him, right? Because uh-huh. he was into it. I'm only going to tell you one thing he ordered that we were just like, he's a psycho. He, so basically, he ordered a T-bone steak for his like main course. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And he ordered it like medium to well done. So basically, he's psycho. I don't eat steak. So I'm like void from all of this. But I do know, or just a person from Texas, you don't order your last meal, a ribeye steak. Fucking well done.
0: it's gotta be bloody
1: he said medium too well done even in the state of texas he didn't want the meat sweats i guess but also i don't know how much of it he ate could you eat for your last meal like Mm -hmm. could you like i'd be like oh my god i can't do this like i would probably be throwing up before i even
0: you know he's probably had a lot of time to grieve for himself Mm -hmm. and come to terms with it too
1: so So, he might have hold on you saying that makes me feel like i should read you his last words
0: Oh, Jesus. Okay. Let's hear it. Um, Let's hear the piece
1: of shit. Okay. What is about to transpire in a few moments is wrong. However, we as human beings do make mistakes and errors. This execution is one of those wrongs, yet doesn't mean that our whole system of justice is wrong. Therefore, I will forgive all who have taken part in any way in my death. Also, to anyone I have offended in any way during my 39 years, I pray and ask your forgiveness just as I forgive anyone who has offended me in any way, and I pray and ask God's forgiveness for all of us respectively as human beings. To my loved ones, I extend my undying love. To those close to me, know in your hearts, I love you one and all. God bless you all, and may God's best blessings be always yours. Ronald C. O'Brien. P.S. During my time here, I have been treated well by all the TDC personnel. (laughs) Which, reading that, he didn't write that last part. That P.S. was not him. Yeah. (laughs) I wonder if they have to do that by law. I wonder. I don't know.
0: Okay. So... Right off the bat, he's a manipulative piece, piece of shit. Piece of shit. Like he had, <laughs> obviously he had been using Christianity to yeah. hide behind yes. his whole crazy shit. Oh, he
1: had the shit planned. Let me tell yeah. you, he did this when he was 29 years old Jesus. and he died when he was 39.
0: I am 29 yeah. or I'm going to be 29 next week. Um, also
1: happy birthday just sorry it has to be in this episode
0: but (laughs) it's all right so by the time this comes out i will be 29 I, I mean, can you imagine when you were 29 doing that to no. your child? What no, the like, shit?
1: Honestly, at 29, I was like trying to figure my life out, trying to like be happy and shit. My credit score was like 450. Just trying to Did, keep
0: your head above water. Yeah.
1: It didn't mean I was going to go kill somebody because, you know, I was in debt, like $10,000 in debt, like student loans. Yeah, and loans. He the world shit.
0: handed to him. Yeah. Like he was a white man in a the 50s. A white cis
1: man. In the 50s. Exactly.
0: Like he, that could have been his time to shine, and right? he just was a fucking piece of shit. Piece of shit. Oh my god. Oh
1: my god. Well, okay, sorry. I, I know it gets you heated, but he's no longer with us, Kelly. So
0: I hope he's um, rotten in hell. He might be. I hope so. He I might genuinely be. hope so. He feels no remorse. None. Obviously,
1: none, none, no. Jesus, at all. Sorry, I made you mad. I mean, I'm mad too. <laughs> So like, you're not in that alone. And I think a lot of other people are probably like, the shit. Yeah, like, you didn't this. make
0: me mad. That piece of shit
1: makes <laughs> me mad. Don't <laughs> shoot the messenger. <laughs> Happy Halloween, everyone. The music in this podcast is by the band The Daddy This is Kelly. And I'm Marlo. And you're listening to Crazy Hexy Ghoul. We'll see you next time. Is this it? Is this the end? Bye. Mm-hmm.